Welcome to Shay's Lounge, episode four. Today I'm with Kristen McPike. She's an entrepreneur, also runs a mobile bartending service that I've been a part of. It's been really great. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, her business is, I'd say, like a word of mouth kind of business. You don't even do mm-hmm. much advertising. You just have people that know that uh, you can put a great event together with bar, food. And uh, so tell me about... Um, how did you kind of get this idea to just start your own mobile bartending service? And it's called a Let Me Get You Tipsy, <laughs> yeah. which is a, a title, which I love. I think that's a great name. Oh, thank you, Anthony. And thank you for being a part of it. And thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Basically, how it started was I started bartending straight out of college and had fun with it and really liked doing, you know, parties with friends and thoughts I could make something of it you know and I love making drinks and just having people seeing people have fun right right doing that and um creating an atmosphere through beverages and through cocktails and sure sure how did you get that that name let me get you tipsy I think it already kind of stuck with me like anytime I did an event or anytime like I had to do a bar gig or worked at a bar I was like let me get you tipsy right right it's like hashtag and Okay, so, so that's that, smart. It was a good social media tool as well. You know, mm-hmm. you can hashtag it, yeah. Definitely, so was, that, that's it. That's the name. I always say that, so that's going to be it. Yeah, so when did, when? Uh, what year was it, kind of roughly, when you were when you first started doing, doing I this? I first got my LLC, Demoner Entertainment, um, back in 2015, and um, started from there, got all the licensing um right right as well as all like the EIN all the the new things you get having a new company a new business doing all the paperwork and then doing all the research of everything that you would need right to be successful you know part of that is insurance you know and all the background like contracts making sure everything's all copacetic and have you ever had like um I mean I haven't seen it so far which is good Mm -hmm. anything kind of go wrong where there was like a legal issue like they asked for this and you had to get a permit like i'm just curious like how how Mm -hmm. much it's yeah there's different legalities around it like with let me get you tipsy because you don't have the liquor license so our clients that's right mm -hmm, so there's different ways if they provide it, you don't yeah. need it. That's what it is. Exactly. Okay. So, like, you, I you can, can provide the service. It, I can provide okay. the liquor, or not the liquor. I can provide like the mixers and garnishes and right. syrups and things like that. Like, that's all my end. Anything um, non-alcoholic, then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the service, and and that's what I can provide. But luckily, there's different apps like Drizzly that help out a lot too. So Drizzly, yeah. what does that do? I've never heard of that. Uh, Drizzly app. It's an alcohol delivery app. So I just, oh, you know, okay. I reference Drizzly. Um, I can tell clients what alcohol to get. Sure, sure. And they can just order it online. Yeah, Drizzly yeah. Drizzly and just do it completely different, separate. That's smart to have mm-hmm. it um, Drizzly. Yeah, that way, like, if if they're too busy or something during the week, they can just order it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you exactly. just you just keep looking and you find more more ways to uh, make things more uh, efficient, you know. Exactly, and that's the goal too: is to make everything as efficient as possible and right. everything as streamlined as possible. So, I really like having every problem 
already figured out before it ever exists yeah yeah you know so that way in case anything does happen there's already a solution for it sure mm -hmm. sure so let's see before let me get you tipsy i think you were busier doing you were doing producing like you do music mm -hmm. yeah tell me more yeah. about your your music background Okay, so I was actually went to school for criminal justice. I have a degree in that. And during school... We're going to get there later, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during that time, I became friends with a lot of music people and just got into music that way. And Were they criminals? Were they, no, I mean, <laughs> they, they weren't, weren't musical they were criminals. amazing people. And okay. um, they were fun. And got into learning producing that way. Um, I have a really good friend. His artist name is MDC. He does great music great rapper great hip-hop artist he had a scene in philly um oh that's right so you're you're from philadelphia right yeah a little outside really small town like between reading allentown pennsylvania how far of a drive was it to get to the to philly it was about like an hour and a half okay yeah but that's close enough to be mm -hmm. you know to be able to join in here <laughs> and there you know yeah um but yeah so started music there and then just all kind of snowballed i just got super into just learning how to produce and i got a keyboard for christmas and i was like oh this is i can do this i can hook this up to the computer what and then right right I like i want to learn how to play guitar so i started teaching myself guitar and then bass and then learning how to program drums it was just all kind of almost intuitive just kind of doing it right very self-taught mm -hmm, exactly okay. and just started with the myspace and Right, mm -hmm. right. So, like, what was your, uh, what was your your music like when you had a, a my the MySpace profile? It was very pop, like pop alternative would be. Oh, okay. The best and way to describe it. Did you it. do? Did you do singing too? I did singing and auto tuning. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> did that. I still haven't um, heard your your singing. I'm gonna have to hear it one day. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one day, depending how many drinks I have. But um, but yeah, it's. It just became really passionate about it, just being behind the computer and learning how to do all these different things with sounds and manipulating sounds. It was yeah, really passionate yeah. for me. And um, that's when I wanted to move to L.A. to go to Musicians Institute. Oh, okay. I music. didn't know you wanted to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I was all ready to apply it and everything. And that's the whole reason I oh, moved okay. out here to start. And then I moved out here and I got a really good bar gig on Sunset right, Boulevard. Right. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to meet people. Yeah. I'm going to meet people. And before I moved out here, I actually wrote and produced a whole album and promoted it out there. And then what's came it, out here. What's it called? It's called uh, Breaking Innocence. Breaking Innocence, okay. Mm -hmm. So that was my whole album name. It was about 11 tracks. And so at that point, I knew I wanted to get a tattoo. Hey, <laughs> okay. Music. So right, right. I kind of forego forwent school to just mm -hmm. bartend. And just work. So I was like, you know what? I'm at Sunset. I'm just going to meet people. I'm just going to network and meet people there. It's a good, good decision. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was said, you know, I'm going to make a tattoo. My first album, you know, where am I going to put it? And the first place was my arm. Okay. It's like, that's going to be my billboard. Cause oh, every time, that's smart. Yeah. Because mm -hmm, every time I make a drink. You make a drink, yeah. They're going to see it. my arm. They're going to see that's what they see you know right, and instead right. of telling people oh hey i do music you should check it out the opening is oh i serve them a drink what does your tattoo mean oh i do music <laughs> i do music too boom there you go so that was always my plan or why i had the tattoo so you had this kind of 
you definitely, so now I'm noticing a pattern where you like to think steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, right. Definitely. And it helps out so much more in the long run because you don't need to stress about anything because you already know how to handle it before yeah. anything happens. You have a, a blueprint mm-hmm. of, uh, of the situation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, learning to set those boundaries and those expectations of what you want and mm-hmm, the standards mm-hmm. of that you uphold and how to uphold them. Right, right. You know, it's it's less less wary. You know, there's not much of a blurred line, especially when it comes to business and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. It's I mean, it's just... Being very sure of yourself. I've been on so many gigs, you know. I mean, we... Mm-hmm. Me and Kristen have worked at Wolfgang Puck or at least like, you, were, you were one of the other agencies mm-hmm. working with them. And yeah. God, there's just so many things that go wrong on the bigger the bigger level catering. Seems yeah. like there's whenever we do the small parties or um, when I've done the smaller stuff with, with other with other people, mm-hmm. it's just smoother. It and, is. Uh, I feel like my work is more recognized when things are smaller. Yeah, it's and, more appreciated uh, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's more appreciated, more recognized, and uh, that's that was a big problem for me just doing uh, catering for Wolfgang Puck. I just. Uh, I just didn't like how there's like 50 of us there and you're you're expected to do a certain amount of things which aren't that hard. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I just didn't feel like they really paid that much attention when you go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's important, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I feel like for anyone you work with, you want to be recognized as a person, not a number. Right, and right. That's, very important, very important to me, especially with how I want to run my company is, you know, I'm at the bottom, you know, because like the people who work, not even work for you, but work with you, mm-hmm. you know, because it's all a collaborative ep- effort. Yeah. You yeah. know, and the people who work with you, they're your face. They're the face of your brand. You yeah. want to make sure they're taken care of and they believe in what you're doing and just as much as you are. Right. You know, and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a whole other other thing too. Is, um, I guess you do want to, if on your side of it, you want to hire those the right people too. Mm-hmm. You could always hire someone who's not a good fit, and it could go the opposite way too. You exactly, know? and like you have to spend time with the people, and you have to get to know them on a, you know, friend level, as right, well as a right. management level, and you know, when you draw that line like business friendship, but you know, mm-hmm. they respect you as both. Absolutely, yeah. And that's very important. It seems like so you you probably prefer to work with people you already know, I, I would I would think. Already know or even people who have a passion for what I'm doing. Like that's Okay. Yeah. That's big. Like if they're passionate about what I'm doing just mm-hmm. as much as I am, yeah, I will take you on board. Like that's right, right. That's just what it is because you don't want someone who's, you know, I'm just coming to get a paycheck because I'm like, well, I want you to want to be here. I <laughs> yeah. want you to want to do this. Like that's that's where the incentive lies. Like if you're just coming for a paycheck, I no, because it's like this is our brand. Sure, you know. Well, one thing I like to think of as being a bartender or a server is that it's part performance. Mm-hmm. Um, you're there to to make a drink, but you're also there to keep people entertained. You know, some people mm-hmm. want to hang around the bar and exactly, yeah. A lot of times, like. I have the most fun where I'm just really engaged. I can almost keep like a recurring joke or something going on mm-hmm. with someone. Yeah, you make people laugh. You make people comfortable. You know, it's it's yeah. a fun time. 
And the last thing you want is some bartender who's like, I'm mad at everything, <laughs> making drinks. <laughs> right. Like, it's not fun for anyone. That's no good. Yeah. Mm-mm. So l- let's get into, um, so even before the bartending, it sounds like, how did you get into criminal justice? <laughs> so back in school, I was either going to go back to school to be a nurse. Okay. And that was my game plan. And then my mom, she ended up going to the hospital. Everything was fine. Everything was good. Mm-hmm. But um, then I saw like the nurse's job and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't think this is for me. <laughs> well, like, God bless well, them. But like, What like, was the nurse experiencing? If I It was ask. just, yeah. you know, just because I like helping people like deep down. Like that's what I like to do. And yeah, I just don't think it was the right path for me. But, okay. you know, that's when I did criminal justice, that's when CSI was like the big thing. Right, so right. So I was like, all right, let me try that. So I did, and I ended up really liking it. Um, and I um, got an internship working for a nonprofit agency. Okay. Where I would work in a prison as well as a juvenile facility. And the whole thing behind it was we were helping people get back on their feet basically i see so the programs that we had inside the jail or the prison technically Mm -hmm. jail Mm -hmm. um so it was like what's the difference is it is county jail before prison yeah so basically your county jail you can't really stay there longer than like two to three years oh okay you can stay there that long i didn't know that yeah so the jail that i worked at is like you couldn't stay there longer than three years and you basically were arrested and you sat there Mm. until you were sentenced or Oh, if you I were see. in federal prison, yeah. they would bring you back down. Bring you back, okay. Mm-hmm, and just finish out your sentence there if they're overpopulated. And obviously, that's got to be different in every state, right? Uh, it could be, yeah. Um, I think it's relatively the same. Like your federal prison, you oh, get a lot of Federal is federal, okay. Yeah, federal is what you get your, that's your time. But yeah, like, yeah, your yeah. Jail is like, oh, I'm just waiting it out. Right, right. You know, and that, that's innocence how people. proven guilty. That's how people <laughs> so, bail out of jail, too, right? Exactly. I see. Um, Do you know or, what happens if, let's say you were wrongfully accused and you did your time as far as not in federal but in county jail Mm -hmm. and then they found out through evidence that you were innocent but you didn't pay Uh, okay i'm sorry let me me rephrase Mm -hmm. let's say you paid your bail Mm -hmm. got out you're proven innocent like next year would you get that bail money back because you were proven innocent that I'm not positive. I'm sure that's like a case to case basis. And case there's to so case. many okay. specifics involved in that. Right, right. Um, but that's a good question. That's like a marathon of forty eight hours. Like <laughs> <laughs> I could find the answer in that, but yeah. Um I'm not sure though. Yeah, yeah. Something to look into. I wonder, yeah. yeah. Hopefully you get the money back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just well, like, oh man. Well basically how bail works is you get put to jail, your bond is set, and okay. then a family member pays a percentage. So bail bondmen's, bail bonds mm. um, people, they have a percentage that the family has to put down. Okay. Only if the criminal or the person mm-hmm. um, who's awaiting trial, only if they don't show up to court is when they have to pay the full price. Oh, So that's okay. basically what a bail bond is, is to keep people from running away from- From showing running up their, away from court. Yeah, exactly. Wow, okay. So- if they're, you know, if they run away or if they escape to a different state, country, whatever. Right. That's when they have to pay the full amount. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. But um, they pay, the family will pay like a percentage down first mm-hmm. and then they'll get released. The, um, right, right. But yeah. 
So, yeah, tell me more about just like what what was it like day to day working in in a prison? Mm, well, I think what really made it more like interesting and better was because we were going there to helping people. You know, our the right. programs that we did in there, we did Mother's Voice where we had female inmates read book on tapes to their kids. Mm. Oh, and then wow. we said the book and the tape to their That's kids. awesome. Yeah, so they were able yeah. to hear their mom's voice before they went to bed. Wh- what kind of, did, did they get to pick the book or was it like yeah, provided? So, okay. Mm-hmm. So we would have uh, books donated to us. Right. And then every week I'd bring a bag of books and they could pick a one. A bag and, of books, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, yeah, we did that. And every year for moms who were like on good behavior, mm-hmm. we had a picnic for moms in jail so they'd corner they'd, not the corner I'm saying that they would be tar- brought back down from the prison okay, and they'd yeah. come to the park and we would have bring their kids to come see them oh, and wow. they can, this is like the first time they hug their kids in a couple years you know yeah. super emotional and working in a prison or jail like that it, it's very eye opening very eye opening because it's, it's like be. yeah there's criminals of course like people who like yeah, no right from wrong and uh-huh. no to do wrong just do wrong you know like right. there's that people but there's also those who don't know any better and want help oh interesting so and so okay go ahead yeah and that's the people that we worked with a lot was because when part of my job was to go and interview inmates to see if they would be interested in the programs that we had right and one right. of the programs was an adult one-to-one where we had volunteers would come and sit with them mm-hmm and talk to them just be like their extra outlet you know right, for them to right. talk to because if they're repetitive criminals and they keep doing the same thing over and over sure more often than not they just don't know any better because that's the life they were brought up in right you know like that's right. all they know you know and it's same for everything you know how we're raised how we're brought up what we're exposed to like that's what we know it obviously makes a difference and you can explain mm-hmm. this stuff exactly yeah. like i remember the one lady who worked in our office like she was amazing she worked with gangs yeah and she would help gang members get back on their feet you know right right try to and, reform mm-hmm, and it's because they wanted to you know yeah and they need that switch like they want to it, it's to like a light it. switch it's got to be exactly uh, you and realize they, something mm-hmm, yeah definitely and that's what a lot of these people did like when they wanted when they signed up for these programs because mm-hmm. they wanted to change and they right. wanted to see right. better within their ways, you know. And that was the great part about the job, you know, because you were able to help people. Did, did you see yourself kind of young, like let's say like a, as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, under 10 or something, uh, did you see yourself like helping a lot of people? Did you already kind of have an innate kind of want to when do was, that? Or? When I was younger, I was really like shy to myself. I don't know if I ever pictured myself helping people. Like, oh, okay, that, but I see. I, I like doing it. You know, it's yeah, yeah. It's in me to just do it. Right, but right. Because of that experience, it makes me do it a lot more, and I'm more aware. Like, I don't like if I'll see a homeless person on the street, I'll go to the nearest restaurant and buy them something because it's like you don't know anyone's story. Right, you don't right. know how they got there. So who are we to judge when mm-hmm. we can lose everything and end up just like them? Like right, that, right. You know, so it's, it's so true. It's it's deep in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually saw this. Um, unfortunately, the 
I feel a little bad about it, but I saw this homeless guy who, mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on. It was a somewhat hot day, not too bad. Um, and uh, he was in the shade just, and he was like waving his hand kind of at the sky, like just in the shade, like, like kind of, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if that was him like asking for water, for food, if he was like tripping out on like, cause he's like crazy. Yeah. And uh, I, I was I like it really affected me. I walked by him and I just couldn't stop thinking about him and mm-hmm. I I was low on money so I, I decided not to buy him something but I almost mm-hmm. came back because he wasn't too far from where I live and yeah. uh, God, I was so close to just getting him some food or something but mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't able to judge the situation. I didn't know what he really needed but I knew that yeah. something obviously was going bad. He was like on these steps and Yeah, and that's the difference too is kind of understanding like what's the difference between a dangerous person and a broken person, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you almost, like, you can kind of sense, like, oh, this dude's, like, a little off. Right, right. But, you know, a lot of times, like, people who are homeless, like, they're not dangerous people. They're people who just, you know, just got on the wrong path. They got, you know. Well, the thing is... And that's uh, the stereotype. It's like, oh, yeah. They they like to publicize homeless mm-hmm. people um as bad people like you'll see like hollywood hand oh there's a homeless person that stabbed a tourist and then they had to shoot the homeless guy it's like mm-hmm. they don't really tell the stories of um as much you know as like where a group of people go and like set up the food truck and, and mm-hmm. feed the homeless it seems like they uh, the picture is painted for homeless people to be um like more on the bad side yeah, and it, I don't know, you know, why that is. Maybe it's yeah. more interesting for news or something that way. I don't know. No, it's because it's not like us. Like it's not like the day to day normal, quote unquote, what oh, we're yeah. expected to. Like this is, it's almost like we're put in this box. Like this is normal. This is how we see people. If you're not within this box, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not looked at the same. You know, and it's unfortunate because it's like a lot of these people, you know, they're ex professionals. You know, they had really great successful lives and they just ended up in a position where they just lost everything you know and why are we faulting them for a hardship Mm -hmm. they're still trying to work through it's like anyone working through a hardship you know and a struggle yeah we're all going through it they're going through it too they just have they just don't have access or not capable of accessing the resources that we have right like you know uh, it's a certain, um, I, it is almost like a privilege. It, it, if you're put mm-hmm. in a position where you can get yourself out of that hole, mm-hmm. you know, um, then you're, you're lucky because you could be in a position where you can't. Let's say you're stuck exactly, in yeah. North Korea right now, mm-hmm. you know, and your hair, you have like three haircuts you can choose from. And mm-hmm. like, if you laugh wrong, you'll like be be killed. <laughs> like, like literally there's like stuff like that happening back in, you know, probably still yeah. happens now, but yeah it's reckless it's it's all human conditioning right right conditioned to feel how we're conditioned to be and it's like well that's not always what is you know sure and i think it's up to us to find what is and what is to us if that makes sense you know yeah i I understand what you're saying um all right well i'm gonna have to um cattle prod you into the meaty part of the prison stories <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me a good prison story good prison story let's see which one uh, yeah which um, one yeah <laughs> well since it was like a prison jail um that's right okay. innocent is it county again yeah it okay county. it's county um 
you're innocent until proven guilty. Okay. And a lot of times when I would interview these inmates, I wouldn't know the charges going into oh, it. Oh, okay. So yeah. I would call them down. They'd come and sit in front of me and I start asking the questions. And I remember this one guy, he was Hannibal Lecter to a T. Okay. First time I felt like super nervous. Right. You right. Know, everyone was like, oh, possession, you know, this small stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then he comes and sits down and it's just this blank look and he's just talking to me like this completely monotone and all of a sudden i ask him okay what are your charges and he just looks at me dead in the eyes and he's like first degree and i was like okay thank you you can go back to your cell now like, right it's <laughs> over I'm not dealing with I this. I think he would have actually scared Hannibal Lecter. Like he was interesting. At least Hannibal Lecter has like inflections with his voice, mm-hmm. and he he, this he guy paints a story. Just, God, he's just like a full <laughs> on. Yeah, to this day that gives me eebies. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, and then what other ones? There's like just deep ones, you know, where people are just in such a dark place. Yeah. That they do such dark things. And mm-hmm. like I had one guy who was like, oh, before I came in here, he was just like shaky and he could barely get words out. Right. And at right. the end, like this is just really dark. And then it, he was just like, before I came in here, um, I had a fight with my wife and I tried to kill myself. And you just, he lifted up his arms and you just oh, see no, it yeah. was just gnarly, you know. And yeah, and it's just trying to come from that place. Like why, what got you to this place? Right, to like mutilate what yourself. What happened to you Right. for you to do this, you know? God, there's just so many things. Like um, obviously um, mental illness mm-hmm. can contribute you know yeah and it's and learning to really face yourself in your darkest times and i think that's what we have the hardest trouble doing is because we're taught so many things yeah that we think we need to be but we're not those things we're not and so it's such an internal battle with what we think is versus Mm -hmm. what it means to us especially the western world Mm -hmm. you know it's really like set in stone as far as i think even if you're not raised christian in Mm -hmm. in america it's just like the values like even look at a coin and god we trust it's so like subtly a part of of just growing up to be Mm -hmm. sort of like feel like you're a sinner or something i I don't i feel like it just because we're in america it's just more christian based if that makes any sense and i i was going to segue that with something you're saying but i actually just forgot so (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah um but yeah, like we're just taught to believe we're, we need to be this, you know? That's and what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like kind of like, I feel like America sort of, it's getting away from it, obviously. Yeah. But there is this, like, it's like you should be Christian kind of thing. That there, or, or at least yeah. like somewhat like, I don't know, not like. It's like a boxed values. That's a good, yeah. A like, box of like boxed values. Rice yeah. aroni in a box. This is how you make the life. Like that's. Right. It's the American dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, no, that's not what actually is, you know? Yeah. Because in reality. Have to be. Yeah. And I think we prison ourselves into this box when in reality we're truly just fighting who we are. Yeah. Because we know, like, no, we're not meant to be in this box, but mm-hmm. this person's telling me I need to, but I don't want to. So we just fight it out within ourselves. Or even yourself to starts telling you that. Mm-hmm. And you that's know? doubt and doubt and fear. Just Right. Mm mm. 
you don't exist uh, so many things too and like how important it is to live in the moment and just take everything as it comes as it is mm-hmm. because that's where we create the most stress in our lives for instance yeah say we're working on a project you know a project that's due on friday okay and all we're thinking about is this project is causing us so much anxiety so much fear and everything um we're worried about it mm-hmm. and everything and we're like oh we're gonna fail it you know we're just creating all these scenarios in our head right that don't exist because sure. it hasn't happened right and it's like learning to catch yourself in those situations where you're painting a picture around something i could go on and on about exactly this right <laughs> i'm gonna bring up there. an example yeah, yeah it's i call it cherry picking because it's like oh you're finding problems in every little thing you oh, know, I right see now. what you're saying by that. So basically, you're saying because there's a little problem in this situation, it's mm-hmm. always going to be a problem in the next situation that's like that kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. Like, yeah. unless you face it within yourself, like, why is this stressing me out? You know, why am yeah. I feeling this type of way? That will always bother you. And you always find an outside blame as right. to why you feel that way instead of looking in yourself and taking accountability. Like, oh, I see, yeah. I feel this way because this happened, you know? Right. Yeah, for, for me, I, I, uh, I always had this weird fear of someone like breaking into my house mm-hmm. and like hurting me. And I've been really trying to to work it out, figure out like where where did this come from? You know, mm-hmm. even since I was like four or five or something, like I remember I'd be like, oh my God, like I feel like someone could just break in here right now, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I kind of lived in the middle of nowhere then, so which doesn't make much sense. But uh, it's funny how... I can find examples of that and get pulled back to that place. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we had this one neighbor um, that I used to live near who he he just had this really strange vibe and he had like, uh, we knew he had a lot of guns and everything. And mm-hmm. I he- actually heard, I mean, maybe this is legitimate. I heard like uh, some neighbors said they could actually, that his that they c- could see him polishing his guns, like walking around the house, like polishing a shotgun or something. Wow, yeah. So like naturally I, I was afraid <laughs> of that guy, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but it, the funny thing is it's like, I don't know. I'm still afraid of him. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel like, like uh, I could like run into him or something. And like, I know that it's so unlikely and it's mostly like you're saying, it's a, it's a picture I'm painting in my, in my, my head you know it's good to be aware of it like you can be like okay well i have this fear i have this feeling yeah and look at it right but almost from a a different perspective like instead of Mm -hmm. sinking into it and like breathing it you know right right um allow yourself to kind of separate from it be like okay i'm aware i have this fear i'm Mm -hmm. gonna sit with it i'm gonna deal with it i'm aware like okay this could happen but i'm not gonna let it run my life sure you know like if this should happen this is what I will do, A, B, C, right. and D. You right, know, right. Tie it in a little box, put it in the back of your brain, you know, so in case when that happens, you'll be... It's a good way to put it, yeah. You'll be ready to go. Well, I guess it's funny. <laughs> this is a, a funny way to put the, the thinking steps ahead. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like okay, like if you are worried about an intruder in your home, um, there are steps you can take, you know, you mm-hmm. get a security system. Yeah, it, it's funny. Sometimes I just, I just forget that w- when I'm afraid of something like that, I feel like it's natural for people to forget the solution mm-hmm. to that. Exactly. And it's, we have a choice. When anything happens to us, we can either have it become a problem or we fix it. 
Yeah. And yeah. what fear will do, it'll make us believe in the problem. Right. And right. you know, when you become like aware of yourself and aware of everything, you know, it's like, okay, well, this sucks right now, mm-hmm. but what am I going to do to fix it? Right. And then, right. then you look at that instead of saying, this is a problem. I never can't, I can't get past this now. It's like, no, whatever is just is our minds just create things around it. You know? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So true. So, uh, mm-hmm. interesting. So what, what other, um, do you want to talk about elevate? Can you, oh, yeah. uh, you I think, it, I think it's yeah. a, yeah. So Kristen has this, uh, great idea. Um, I know that she can, she can explain it better than I can. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. T- tell me about like what what what, it, what is Elevate? Yeah. So Elevate is a home staging concept for like luxury homes, where we create custom cocktail menus for open houses, right. as well as pair the home with a local restaurant with food that will reflect the architecture of the house. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want the the drinks and the food to complement mm-hmm. people that are that are checking out this house to possibly buy it. Exactly. Yeah, and loosening them up to sign for the deal. Right, <laughs> that's funny. So, have you have you heard of any kind of? I'm sure you've heard of food being served at, mm-hmm. at open houses. Yeah, like there's food and there's catering and things that you know happen at these high end open houses. Yeah. But this is very catered to the home itself. Yeah. So we're actually creating events specifically. Yeah. For each it, home it, being sold. Each each home has a certain experience. It mm-hmm. has a flavor. It, it exactly. Tastes, it tastes like this. It's mm-hmm. for, it like, tastes like this appetizer and it tastes like this drink. Yeah. Exactly. And we want the drinks too to bring more awareness to the home. So each drink is named after a particular feature of the house. Okay. So let's say it's an Oceanside property. We'll have a drink called Pacific Breeze. Right. You know, so you bring that awareness. So when you're sipping outside and you're, yeah. you're feeling the Pacific breeze, and I think that's mm-hmm. smart. It, it's like you want to, you want to have people already feel like they're they're living there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and it's entertaining funny. as well. I was well, gonna say this is know? the steps ahead thing again. Uh-huh. Yeah, th- this is a theme. I, I, <laughs> exactly. I never realized this. Yeah, you think you 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 think in steps ahead, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Yeah. So, Definitely. okay. So one thing that I, I find really uh, interesting mm-hmm. about you is that you're very, uh, you seem very uh, intuitive. You you know what to say at the right times. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you pay very attention to people around you and um, you're yeah. a very good, caring person. Oh, so like, you. tell me more about um, just kind of your intuition. When did you f- discover that you kind of had this feel mm, around you? you I think know? it was just younger, you know, and the more that I trusted it and the more that I, just followed it with every little thing. Yeah. The more I was able to kind of let go of what I think I should do, you know? Oh, okay. Because it's, my gut never steered me wrong, ever. Right. Even when I wanted to pursue music, Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. would keep kind of running into different obstacles. Sure. And my gut was like, no, don't do it. This isn't the way to do it. This isn't the way to do it, you know? And I see, yeah. And it really taught me, like, why am I doing music? I'm doing music because it makes me happy, and that's it. You know, like right. You I didn't need another that. reason. Exactly. And mm-hmm. when I, if I put myself self in a situation where music wouldn't make me happy, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. Like I'm not gonna. Right. I don't want to deal with that. I'm, <laughs> I'm cool. So that's when it kind of hit me where I'm like, you know what? There's something else out there. You know, and that's how kind of let me get you tipsy came about, and then elevate. Yeah. And then 
working for Tesla now. So this is that's it all right. Kinda... And now you're working for Tesla. Yeah, we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to that soon. I have one mm-hmm. question for you. Did, have mm-hmm. you ever had? Um, do you have an example or an experience you can refer back to where your intuition or your gut, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. led you to make a certain decision, and then all of a sudden you got like something good happened for your business for for let me get you tipsy? Do you remember anything? You're like you're like you know what I don't mm-hmm. I don't I'm gonna change my plans, and then all of a sudden something happened. Is there anything you can remember like that? Um, it was all kind of I think it's all just intuitive. Like waking up, like elevate was completely intuitive. It was just like yeah oh, how do I get to house parties? And it's like, it just kind of came like, oh, open houses, you know? And so it... Oh, what do you mean house parties? Yeah. Like, because that's how basically Elevate was to open the door for Let Me Get You Tipsy. Oh, because I see. Yeah. Because not only will brokers bring, um, and agents Mm -hmm. will bring other homeowners. New home buyers. Yeah. Home buyers to the open house. And they might already own homes Mm -hmm. because these are higher end homes. Exactly. And a lot of times those houses, they rent them out for events. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so it all kind of came full circle where it's like, okay, well, we can bartend your housewarming party. Anytime right. you throw an event at your house, we can do this, you know? So it's, it all kind of comes together hand in hand. Interesting. Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's that it, you're playing that chess game, you know, you're thinking mm-hmm. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's just been, you know, like eliminating the noise, eliminating what, Mm-hmm. people say mm-hmm. i'm like i don't care about any of that you know like this feels right to me at this moment i'm gonna do it i don't care because i don't even think about consequences i don't think about nothing right mm-hmm. yeah th- that's a good way to to look at it sometimes you do have to kind of just dive in head first mm-hmm. you have to i mean because you never know it's going to be at the other end and more often than not it's good and if it's right. not it's just a lesson you need to learn to get there to get to the good stuff yeah you yeah know? and that's but I guess like the biggest story with intuition was when I got the job at Tesla. When um okay, let's hear about this. So I knew it was getting like to the end of the year, and I knew something was coming. My gut was like, "Something's coming." I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. But something's coming, and I know financially, I should have been freaking out. I should have been like, "I don't know how I'm going to live here." Like, what is going on? Right. And so. But intuitively, I felt fine. Intuitively, I was like, no, I'm good. It's Mm -hmm, good. Everything's mm going to be fine. And I would pick up gigs on the side and they would just keep all this tension, you know, just nothing would work out. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I got to the point, too, where it's like, okay, when I know things aren't working out, I let them go. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think about what's coming. I'm like, I just know I can't be at this place right now. I can't work here. I can't do nothing. I just can't. Something inside me is just like, no. So... I started letting it go, and then um, I one day put my resume on Indeed. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, I get an email from Tesla. Yeah. You know, so And they that, found you, right? <laughs> they found me. They yeah. found you. I never applied, yeah. and they are like, yeah, we think you would be good at this, and I was just so grateful ever since, and it was just been the, the absolute best experience. Okay, I'm going to change the subject here. So um, the other night... Um, me and Kristen were uh, hanging out, and uh, we did like a sort of like a, I guess you could call it a psychic reading. <laughs> the way I uh, treated it was I wasn't like, it was almost like a counseling session, <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. So like, basically, I just kind of talked, and Kristen asked me questions and everything. So the, I, th- I thought it was actually a very good uh, experience. You know, mm-hmm. I was able to just sort of, 
just like let stuff out so like how how do you tap into to like that sort of intuitive like fortune telling sort of well skill. everybody can do it that's the thing that's an, yeah. everybody is capable of it but yeah. you gotta face yourself that's what you gotta do you literally I call it like shedding the onion okay is where you go through life experiences and you take full accountability and responsibility that everything in your life is happening to you for a reason so right, okay right, anything right. that triggers you you face mm. it anything that, oh you know okay. so you really have to sit with yourself and know yourself and learn to really yeah. love yourself to get that because you'll start accessing things that you wouldn't know possible. Right, right. But it's. Fun. I was going to say this um, one guy I mentioned here sometimes. This guy mm-hmm. Alan Watts. Mm-hmm. He uh, he says that with with like the Buddhists say karma and uh, your mm-hmm. experience. Basically, that whatever happens to you that's bad that you did you did this to yourself that that this mm-hmm. is what you chose. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel that that's a part of it? Like you, you're, you're sort of going head on with, this is my choice. This is why I'm feeling this way. Do you think exactly. that's a part of it? Or? Yeah. Like okay. I feel like you have to, I call it like clearing, you know, where you face yourself in those situations where like something bad is happening to you. Yeah. But instead of being like, oh, it's happening because of A, B, C, and D, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you try to put blame or you try to put something else Sure. Is like the reason why it's happening to you instead of looking within and be like, why the f- is this happening to me? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like finding within you why it's happening to you, you yeah. know. and Right, right. So like still though, it's still mysterious to me. Mm-hmm. So like let's say I uh, follow your, your your guide, you know, mm-hmm. get in tune with myself, love myself. It's not even I'm listening, like it's literally listening to zero, like nobody else but yourself. That's oh, the thing. okay. So you don't take any advice from anybody. You just figure out life for yourself and what everything means to you. I see. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's again, that's kind of, that's kind of a Buddhist thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, yeah. I, I think oh. I read this thing like one of the Buddhas. I mean, I don't know it well, but he said that like anything I say, you don't have to believe it. That, mm-hmm. that you should make your own choice for exactly, yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You know. And that's all it is, really, because when you start shedding the onion and you start seeing things for how you see them and not as everybody else sees them right then you get to kind of tap into like your more higher self and that's how you're going to start really being able to tap into everything else because you're in this i want to say like divine space because you're Mm -hmm. you you're completely you you know you're not influenced by everything else you're just doing what you're meant to do because you're following that intuition you're following your gut you're following your heart with everything Right, it's, you know, so it's, it's bringing of, uh, everything back to you. Yeah, as a yeah. Human being, you know. I keep thinking of the funniest things. Now I'm thinking of like mm-hmm. a Chinese finger trap. <laughs> it's like the more you're trying to escape from it, the yeah, more resistance you'll exactly, have. Exactly. Yeah, of just and that's the thing. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is like you want to live the past, the path of least resistance. You know. Right. That's basically, right. what it is is because we're taught not to. You know, because we're always taught like, okay, well, we need to think like this. But in reality, sure. in our hearts, they're like, well, no, no, that's not right. That doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. But we're always drawn to going back to what people think and what people want us to do because that's what we're conditioned to do, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. But in- yeah. Interesting. So, uh, so the way you can, because I felt like that you were able to sort of tap, tap into, in, into me and mm-hmm. when I wasn't when I was blocked, you knew it. I didn't have to say anything. You told me you feel, you know, I, I feel that you're blocked. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am. <laughs> it's like, so yeah. still though, it's an interesting thing. So like, 
It's all like energy stuff. That's basically what it is. So when yeah, I yeah, how doing, do you describe energy? So it's it's an intuitive thing. Like you just you feel it. It's a, it's not a thought. It's a feeling. Oh, okay. So it's, it's more just, of a feeling. Yeah, it's okay. all feeling. It's not a thought. So basically, when I was sitting down with you, I zone out. So like I right. zone out, and something else takes over, and I get kind of like a video in my head, like a little mini video, mm. as you're talking. So when I told you, like, oh, like those trees and those things like that, and yeah, yeah, and like, oh, this girl acted this way, is because I was literally getting those images and those pictures as you were talking. Right. About right. what you're going through. And that's all energetic. That's all aligning with yeah. your, yeah. Well, this is a funny subject because mm-hmm. I have um, friends that are skeptical who would just say mm-hmm. that this is all that's fine. hoopla. Or, uh-huh. uh, is, is hoopla the right word? I don't think that's the right word. But um, yeah. And again, like you're saying, that's fine. Like there are going to be yeah. those people that <laughs> exactly. I just like, that's will okay. refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've completely experienced it and, you know, it's... Mm-hmm it's fine like if you have no experience and you want to be as skeptical as you want that's fine sure but, like, sure take your time with it if you're curious or go check it out you know it's yeah yeah so uh, is there any kind of um are there any kind of resources like any things you've read online or books that you can recommend mm. for discovering your more intuitive spiritual self honestly the best thing is just sit with yourself meditate or just okay. be yeah. alone be alone right, for a right. while and just discover who you are Mm-hmm. The things that make you happy, the yeah. things that you ex- excite you. So, so okay, what does that phrase mean to you? Discover who you are. I know you're saying it right mm-hmm. now. So, so things that make you happy, excite you. I, I just, I like that idea. Like, like what, what does that so, mean to you? Basically, discovering who you are is coming to a place where you completely understand yourself. You understand why things, what things happen to you. You understand. Oh, okay, this yeah. Bigger picture of who you are. You know, right, right. And you learn that by being kind of isolated and you it comes to you you let it come to you you know you don't go that's right that's right you can go out and search for things when you're feeling intuitively guided when your gut's telling like oh go do this and this and this do that because more often than not when your gut feelings like okay you need to be at this store Mm, you know and you get that that urge like oh i need to go to the store i don't know Mm -hmm. why but you go to the store right right and then come to find out you're gonna meet someone that you need to meet to further right your career so it's always following those nudges and those intuition because that's like your your path of least resistance because you're being guided to do yeah, those yeah. things you know yeah I, I i really believe in that you know mm-hmm. to to trust your that sort of thing that you can't quite put a finger on maybe mm-hmm. you know exactly like do it all the time like that's i literally have gone to a point where i don't think about anything I'm yeah just like i just chill and just <laughs> do whatever my gut tells me like that's <laughs> and, it's, right, and it's such right. a relaxing and just stress-free life i'll tell you that much like uh-huh, it's uh-huh. hard work you're gonna work so hard on yourself and sure. it's gonna be rough you're gonna want to give up it's a lot of work it's not easy right, at all right. because you're facing every insecurity you have you're facing everything within yourself that mm-hmm. you never ever wanted to look at you never wanted to bring up right but allowing yourself to bring up either past traumas and everything to face them Mm -hmm. You know, you're clearing them. So you're allowing more space for good stuff to come in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It made me think of like a past life possibility thing where like Mm -hmm. I told my mom, I I texted her and she she actually thought it was funny. Like Mm -hmm. she almost like laughed. She's like, I'm sorry for laughing. I was like, "Ah, that's fine. I don't care. (laughs) If if you haven't experienced it, it's... it's Yeah, like I I was just basically saying, I was like, I wonder like 
if I back to the breaking thing and like mm-hmm. I'll just get like afraid like yeah. randomly at night I'll be like really afraid like oh my god mm-hmm. I'm, I'm afraid someone's gonna break in right now it's such a weird thing I've always had this mm-hmm. so I was start, starting to think oh maybe like someone broke in in a past life and killed me or something mm-hmm. like, I think very well could be true I mean like so many things you know like how are we so good at something without ever yeah being it's it, like, you know like we're, we just catch on to things super 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 yeah quick. like how did Mozart like start composing symphonies at like mm-hmm. nine or, or, or seven however old he was exactly you know? like there were no books on all that stuff or yeah yeah been, but, you know. i mean there were but it was like you know mm-hmm. to see onto this note place here you know mm-hmm. it wasn't like it, no one had done anything like like the exact way that mozart did it not yeah. even close you know mm-hmm. and that's an intuitive thing i mean and a lot of your multimillionaires, like yeah entrepreneurs like they didn't even graduate college because they had a gut right they had that gut feeling where like no i need to do this this Mm -hmm. is what's right for me you know this is what i need to do and they just did it yeah yeah that's a good way to Mm -hmm. to put it yeah the more you kind of i don't know think about it too much the more you can you can trauma you can you can block yourself from actually achieving it right right so much so like um i forgot what i was gonna say um well, uh, it's that thing from the, we talked about this on the first episode with, with John, mm-hmm. to stay out of your own way. Yeah, exactly. You know? It sounds like that's that's a big thing as far as mm-hmm. intuition goes. Definitely. And you know? also what you learn too is the person you are when you want something and the person you are when you get something are going to be two completely different yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to go through all those hardships and all those troubles and those things to learn that lesson, you know, to get you stronger, to get what you want. Right, you know, cause right. there's a reason why you want it and there's a reason why you have it <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. when you're the person <laughs> that you need to be when you have it yeah mm-hmm. I, I i completely know what you mean because um yeah like uh, the work the amount of work you do to make you where you you get it it's kind of like i feel mm-hmm. like it's like oh like of course i got it i put in all this work to get it and but mm-hmm. when you want it it's like you're stuck on the feeling of wanting it mm-hmm. rather than the actions um, pursuing it you exactly know. and you'll start doing actions but you'll be like why isn't it happening why isn't it happening yeah why and that's happening? you're and that's in still, your you're still you're yeah. in, in your own way exactly you, you know yeah. you got to come from a place of being really grateful and gratitude you know yeah you know i'm really grateful for this experience so i can have this i find this such a universal sort of concept and just mm-hmm. uh what was i gonna say just uh, basically if you're spiritual or not Mm-hmm. you know overthinking is just a big problem you know it is it's and it's almost i don't say unnecessary but it's cherry picking problems for yourself right that don't right. exist because a lot of times when we overthink things it are things that don't exist we only yeah. think they do and there's a big sure. difference you know like someone walks down the street with a red shirt and you're like ew why are they wearing that you know um and then all of a sudden you create all these problems like within yourself about that person Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. and it's like well first of all if you have a problem with someone wearing a red shirt that is not their problem that is your problem right shit like that it sounds like a personal problem (laughs) exactly you know and the more you put so much negative emphasis on things the more you're never going to achieve what you want to achieve and you're never going to be happy that's so true because you're never going to find that happiness and resolve that issue that makes you so upset well here's a way to turn everything on its head so Mm -hmm. what do you what do you think about the tortured artist? 
you know, because mm-hmm. that, that is a path where you see, you know, of like, mm-hmm. you think of a good example of like an Elliot Smith or something like, mm-hmm. like a guy that like is making great music and is like getting a lot of, a decent amount of su- success as far as like he's world famous, but he's not like Kurt Cobain or something. Mm-hmm. Like, do, do you know Elliot Smith? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bedtime music. So, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, uh-huh. Good Will Hunting soundtrack. Yeah. So like, what is that? You know, all that pain and suffering made his music better though. Like it's like, it if is. it would so have been something else, it wouldn't have been the same. I don't think, you know, that's true. That's true. And it's, and that's saying like, that's a building, like every artist, you know, creates songs from that dark place. And that's part of them bringing, you know, that to the world, bringing that Br- relatability. It's funny from darkness, bringing it to light. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That's exactly what it's doing too. But then also, there's also the whole, idea of fame yeah you know and it's like all of those pressures right you know that i don't know where i'm going with this but i know like the fame game can be really tough of course it's really hard yeah because you're expected to be this type of way you're expected yeah. to be you know this image yeah especially if you have mm-hmm. if you're working with a company a record company or exactly. a movie studio yeah you know they want to see Leonardo DiCaprio being Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. or, or whatever, you know? Yeah. And it's, you got to be really like sound and solid with who you are because that could eat you up. Either that mm-hmm. or I, I feel like a big thing with celebrities is, uh, cause Jim Carrey would talk about how mm-hmm. he was figuring out what, what do they want? What do they want when he was mm-hmm. doing standup in LA? And he had this epiphany where everything changed and everyone just like loved him to death, like, uh, pretty fast after mm-hmm. this. He said, Oh, they want someone who, um, they basically want me to be the guy who has no inhibitions, who just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And that's what really worked for him. But he talks about how that's that's like, that's the Jim Carrey be, uh, being on, on stage. Mm-hmm, and, exactly. And, and there's a and different Jim Carrey, yeah, you know, when the cameras that, aren't rolling. Exactly. And the thing is, is like, they're people. They're all people. Of we course, all yeah. feel the same. And when we project so much onto them of what we mm-hmm. want, I yeah. mean, even on like a psyche level, as a person, you right. know, that can get really hard because you almost got to find that balance of like, I don't want to lose myself to what people think I am. Right, right. Like you get to find, like, stay grounded. Okay, I'm this when I'm here, mm-hmm. but I turn that off to be me again, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is, okay, like Ben Affleck, actors, sure. you know, the people on screen, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck is playing this character. Because some writers in Starbucks made this script for him to act this way. Right. You know, so it's not him. So people are like, I love yeah. Ben Affleck in this movie. I'm like, well, that's the character. Sure, it's not yeah. him. And that's, it's like, he wants to take time and separate the two, you know, like this is a job for him. Like, yeah, these it's actors a, it are is, going exactly. to work. It's like, a, that's, yeah, that's, that's such is, a good way to put it. Know? It's like everyone has a work personality. Mm-hmm. Everyone has, you know, the personality when they go at home. Exactly. Go back home. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that I've kind of more recently discovered, you know, mm-hmm. fronting the love pools and everything where mm-hmm. it is kind of like a switch gets turned on. Like when I enter the venue, I can already feel like, okay, this is tonight's a performance, you know, and it's yeah. like, like even the way I talk with people and everything is a little different. You turn like completely different when you perform. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's cool. Yeah. What, 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 it's funny. I'm just curious. So like what, what is different? Yeah. I just want to ask you like, like from an outside perspective. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, 
the way you hold yourself and the way like as you said you talk to people and you have this presence about you where i'm like this right. is a love fools show i am yeah love fools. yeah like this is my because it's an act know. yeah exactly it's, act. it's like yeah. your product it's your right it's your product and that's the thing is same thing as like let me get you tipsy like that's my brand i'll protect that brand yeah and i've totally. noticed you 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 were a little different at work too mm-hmm. you know with with, with the let me get you tipsy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i think uh, the funniest thing i noticed was i thought um your voice uh, this is a weird observation but it just got <laughs> a tiny bit more higher pitched oh yeah i know that without okay, a doubt okay. like, it does um and like it, it works. Like it, it's like, oh wow, it's interesting. Like the way she's engaging, um, <laughs> engaging the the guy that owns a house and is putting on the party, his birthday. What's it, Amir? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah loves them. They're so nice. I know. They're yeah, so fun. Yeah, we, we had a great them. time. Uh, what city was that? We were bartending this last but a couple weekends ago. Rancho's Palos Verdes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't say that, but um, <laughs> yeah, just what a what a beautiful place mm-hmm. you know and the cool thing is at that house we were at we could see santa monica beach you know mm-hmm. miles away we could actually see downtown mm-hmm. yeah it's just uh if you ever get a chance to uh get 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 up high in elevation at ranches palace Ver- verdes um definitely mm-hmm. take a look at la if you can it's you, it's you so get this cool. view yeah i've never seen it's la like that before yeah yeah i love them they're cool um but yeah it's like you gotta when you go to your work or you go to your product yeah of what you are you change because at that moment i'm this but yeah yeah that's not me if that makes sense right like it's part of who i am but it's not me it's an interesting thing how mm -hmm. i feel like sometimes a part of me wants to just be in that mode because i feel like i can build more traction Mm mm-hmm and that's probably a good thing. I probably, you know, should go there when I need to. Yeah. But uh, another thing that could happen is you could probably get lost in that too. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know? And that's the scary part. Like you don't want to lose yourself in being a product. You want to yeah. be be sure you find yourself first and be like, okay, well, I'm me first. Right. But I do this, you know, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to mm-hmm. do this and I use me for this. But you have to keep coming back home to yourself, you know. Right, right. Yeah, it's sort of like there's no place like home. Exactly. (laughs) Like you want to know yourself and you want to be happy. Sure, sure. And there's only so much validation that'll make you happy before you got to be like, this isn't. Yeah. Like this is, everybody thinks I'm great, but do I think I'm great? Like that's a big difference, you know? Obviously it should start from square one, Mm -hmm. you know? Definitely. For sure. Cool. Well, um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? We can we can uh, start wrapping up unless you got uh, got something sitting on the sitting around. I think that's basically it's a good podcast. Yeah, yeah. The, the, this was a this was a quick, short, and sweet one. I feel like we quickly went over a lot of great stuff that, that yeah. that's happened in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, um, yeah. Once again, I want to thank you. This is uh, Kristen McPike. I've been speaking with and you've been listening to my name is anthony shay and this is shay's lounge episode four and see you later goodbye